0: Should appreciate that good word this morning Luke chapter 8 Luke chapter 8 in your Bibles this morning And when you find your place Why don't we uh, stand today out of respect for the reading of God's word Luke chapter 8 We were in Luke 8 Wednesday night Y'all know that if you were here But we're going to change gears just a little bit tonight uh, Luke uh, uh, this morning Luke chapter 8 And uh, uh, I wish I had time to, to read so much more of the story But let's let's pick it up in verse number 5 And the Bible says in Luke chapter 8, verse 5, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down. And the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it and other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit in hundredfold and when he had said these things look at this church and when he had said these things he cried he that hath ears to hear let him hear in other words well there's emphasis placed on this jesus felt very strongly about what he was telling here and so the bible says he cried i mean he uh, elevated his voice uh, elevated his passion now, I want you to notice today, verse number 7, that's our text. The Bible says, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. Be careful about the thorns. You may be seated this morning, and let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time, and, uh, and we'll preach just for, just for a few moments uh, today. So, by Lord, we thank you so much for your Bible. We thank you for the precious Word of God and God, there is a sweet spirit here today. You can feel it, Lord. I, ever since the Sunday school hour, God, there's a wonderful spirit of communion. And God, I believe that every one of us can identify with what just testified. And Lord, I love it when it's like that. Lord, it's just so good in here that people don't want to leave. And I'm glad that folks want to hang around and folks want to stay. And that's a, Lord, that's a good sign. And that's the way I believe the house of God ought to be. Lord, it ought never be an obligation or a judgment. God, it ought to be a joy. It ought to be something we look forward to and long for. And I believe there's been some longing this week. I can feel that today. Now, Father, if we take just a few moments and teach and preach thy word, I pray, for, I pray now for the power of the Holy Spirit, and I pray that you'll work in my heart. I need this today. And I pray that you'll work in the hearts of our people. They need this today. And I pray that you'll save that one that might be lost and encourage that one that might be discouraged and convict that one that might be away from the will of God. And I pray that we'll, Lord, having been here today and benefited from what we've seen and heard, I pray that we'll walk out of here having grown in the things of the Lord. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We notice here in Luke chapter 8 that Jesus speaks of a sower, a sower that went forth to sow some seeds. And the Bible tells us that these seeds fell in several different places. One of the things that we notice about the story is here that some of the seeds fell among thorns. And this is one of the things that the Lord seemed to speak to my heart about this week is that evidently these thorns looked uh, they looked harmless enough. Uh, evidently they had not grown enough to look thorny. Uh, they had not grown enough to really look uh, like any kind of a potential threat for the Bible says that they sprang up with the seed, the Bible says, you'll notice in verse number seven, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it and and that's the important part we uh, it, we eventually noticed that the thorns here, the thorns choked the very life out of the seed. May I begin this morning, church, by saying this that association and location are crucial for seed to grow productively. Uh, association, who you hang around with, and location, where you hang around, are crucial for seed to grow productively. Usually, your crowd will encourage your Christian life, or your crowd will discourage your Christian life. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That's how I began this week. I began to speak to my heart through this passage, and that's how I began to develop the message. I was going to preach a message that on the wrong crowd. And, And I was going to identify those thorns as being the wrong crowd. But how many know that you should not just just read one verse and then base uh, a message on that one verse? We're supposed to rightly divide uh, the Word of God. And so contextually, when you begin to read the Scripture here, you find out that really these thorns uh, are not talking about the wrong crowd. But these thorns are talking about distractions. Distractions. Now look, if you will, at verse number 14 again. Then Jesus tells us what this is about. Verse 14, And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. So the Bible's not necessarily talking about wrong crowd, although I'm sure that you could work that in there. The Bible is talking about distractions. It's very careful. It's talking about distractions. Now distractions, here, here's, the, here's the tricky thing about distractions. Distractions are not necessarily sinful in themselves, but they can become sinful if we allow them to. You see, church, if we're not careful, we'll allow good things to take us away from the best things. Uh, Things are not necessarily wrong. Things are not necessarily sinful. Things that are not even necessarily something that the preacher would preach against. But if we're not careful, we get distracted. If we're not careful, we begin to become involved in things that are, by the way, good things and maybe uh, good community outreach and good community effort and all those kind of things but those good things begin to distract us away from the best things. I thought about the story in Luke chapter 10. You don't have to turn there, but Luke chapter 10. The Bible tells a story there about Jesus, and Jesus came to visit in the home of Mary and Martha. And the Bible says that Martha uh, got all involved in the uh, man in the uh, uh, you know getting everything together, the cooking and the cleaning and the planning and uh, and I can see Martha getting out all of her fine china and Martha is dusting the house and Martha uh, is vacuuming if they would have had vacuum cleaners back then and uh, and uh, I mean she's just making sure the windows are clean and the, all the cobwebs are down and I mean Jesus is coming uh, to our house and and, uh, and you know what she's uh, uh, she's cooking and she's cleaning and all these things but the Bible says that Mary. Mary was seated At the feet of Jesus And she was learning from Christ And listening to Christ Well Martha came to Jesus And she said Lord carest thou not That uh, I mean here I am Working my fingers to the bone And Mary's just sitting in here and, uh, And the Lord said Martha Martha Thou art troubled about many things. He said, but Mary hath chosen that best part, that best thing, and she's sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. What what am I saying? I'm saying this, that distractions, if we're not careful, good things can distract us from doing the best things. Uh, uh, None of the young people would remember what I'm talking about, but you older folks would know what I'm talking about. When you... Are uh, in your car and you turn on your turn signal. A lot of times we call that blinkers. You ever heard that blinkers? Well, years ago, many years ago, blinkers had a little, had a lot different, uh, a lot of different, lot different meaning. Years ago, when uh, people used horse-drawn wagons and carriages and things like that for their businesses, they used to put something on the horse called blinkers or blinders. It was two large pieces of leather that extended out past the horse's eyes. And what those blinders did was they kept that horse from having peripheral vision. Uh, that horse was a lot, a lot less likely to get spooked or to see something to his side or to see something behind him. And pretty much all that horse could see was that which was directly in front of him. Now, uh, you say, preacher, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you know what, church, the truth of the matter is, if you and I are going to do the will of God with our lives, a lot of times, we got to put some blinkers on. I mean, sometimes we got to put some glorified blinders on and and we cannot allow ourselves to become distracted by the things of the world. And how many know this, that Satan is a professional at bringing things into our life to get us sidetracked, to get us off course, to get us out of the will of God. By the way, not always bad things. And someone says, preacher, but that's not sinful. No, well, maybe not sinful, but it has pulled you away from the perfect will of God. Uh, And so I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about distractions. What are some distractions that Jesus makes mention of here in Luke chapter number 8? And I believe that these are going to be applicable, and I believe that that they're going to make a difference this morning. How about this? Number one, we notice that anxiety can serve as a distraction. Anxiety can serve as a a distraction. Look at uh, Luke chapter 8, verse number 14. Jesus says, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they heard go forth and are choked with cares. They're choked with cares. You look, at, look that word up, the word cares is the word anxiety. Anxiety means problems. It means worries. It means, uh, it means issues. And How many know this morning that worries come in all shapes and sizes? But if we're not careful, sometimes they become so big that they, they begin to distract us from the will of God. That's right, amen, that's right Uh, And uh, I remember uh, several years ago We went to the spiritual leadership conference out in California And they had assigned us some seats By the way, good seats, I I loved them But they had assigned us some seats over Close to the deaf section uh, of of the uh, conference there And, um, and, you know, I mean don't take this in the wrong way But boy, they're deaf interpreters They get into it, man, I'm telling you uh, and and there was many a many a day when I was at the conference where I became so mesmerized by the deaf interpreter that I forgot what was happening on the front of the church I mean this guy's up here preaching or the choirs singing some kind of wonderful song and this deaf interpreter back there and man I'm here to tell you they are getting enraptured in what they're doing. And they're so enraptured, I'm enraptured. I mean, I, I'm watching this this deaf interpreter completely forgetting about what's going on toward the front of the church now, I said that to say this. If we're not careful, you know what? Anxieties can come into our life, and problems can come into our life, and worries can come into our life. And if we're not careful, church, you know what we'll do? We'll let those problems get so big, so big that we, we begin to get our eyes off of Jesus, and we begin to miss the blessings of God, and we, we begin to we start complaining, and we're not thankful, and we're not grateful, and we no longer have that attitude of gratitude. Well, woe is me. Nobody knows the troubles I've I mean, you know what, it's bad, everything's bad I'm just gonna go home and eat worms I mean, it's just terrible, terrible And we get our eyes on those problems And we get our eyes on that anxiety And that anxiety becomes a major distraction In our everyday life and doing the will of God What are you talking about, preacher Well, How about this? You might be worried about a problem in your family today Maybe there's a problem Maybe nobody else knows about it You've not told anybody You've not confided in the pastor. You've not confided in the deacon. You've not confided in the youth pastor. But right now, there's a major issue at home. And I'm not belittling that at all. But I'm just saying this. You know what? If we're not careful, we'll get so focused on the problem. We'll get so focused on that one negative thing that we miss the 99 positive things. Amen. How many times has that happened here at Calvary Baptist Church? We have a phenomenal day and people get saved and and there's a good spirit and God's really working. But the one negative thing will happen. And it's interesting how Satan always brings that one negative thing up at the end of the day. And if we're not careful, we'll get focused on that one negative thing and then we've got 10 million positive things to praise God about. Brother, I'm here to tell you, church, I don't know if you know this or not, but we are blessed this morning. Man, we're blessed. We're blessed. Listen, if God never did another thing for me, I could never complain. Man, it's good to be saved. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to have a home in heaven. I'm gonna tell you what, brother. You're looking at a blessed man today. Now, wait a minute now. But we'll get our eyes on on those problems. And those problems become so big, we become distracted. How about this? We'll, we'll get worried about a mistake that we made. Not, not belittling the mistake, but, but we, we made some kind of a mistake. Boy, the devil threw us a, a curveball and we swung at it. We said something we shouldn't have said. We looked at something we shouldn't have looked at. We went somewhere we shouldn't have went. We spoke to somebody like we shouldn't have spoke to somebody. We had hard feelings in our life Or uh, unforgiveness in our life No, wait a minute now And boy aren't you glad that God's a God of forgiveness But you know what we'll do We'll get focused on that mistake and, the, and and brother that mistake Becomes so big And we'll say things like this Well I can't ever go back to church now I mean I can't ever go back there I mean I, I, I'm i such a sinner I can't ever go back to Calvary And may I say Just come on back with the rest of us sinners Amen I mean, just come on back with the rest of us that are struggling and doing our best to try to live for God. Hey, the just man falleth seven times, but riseth up again. And if you're here this morning and you fail, you're here this morning and you stumble, thank God there's forgiveness with Jesus Christ. But don't you stay down. Don't you stay down. Get back up and serve God again. we become focused on that distraction. You may be here this morning and you're worried about something that could happen hasn't happened yet but it might happen preacher <laughs> but it might not and uh, boy how many times I know this is a little silly but but how many times do we worry about things that have never even happened and somebody says preacher I know that I think this is going to happen but it had not happened yet and you know what God's able God's able man God's able to fix it God's able to heal it God's able to somebody says preacher I, my marriage might fall apart it might but it might not i preach in my preaching, my home might fall apart. It might, but it might not. I'm telling you, brother, thank God there is a God that can heal. There's a God that can restore. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? I'm just telling you, brother, God's not dead. He's still on the throne, and everything is going to be okay. But we get, we, we get, we get distracted by anxiety. May I say, church, if you've got a worry today, why don't you just decide to do this? Why don't you decide to just give it to the Lord? Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Give it to him. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Listen to this part. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. How about Matthew chapter 11 verse number 28. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Jesus said take my yoke upon you and learn of me For I am meek and lowly in heart And you shall find rest under your souls For my yoke is easy And my burden is light This is all I'm saying church Don't get distracted by the problem Give it to him this morning Man just give it to the Lord Man you've heard the story There was an old There was an old man He was somewhat weary And one day he's walking down the road He's got a heavy heavy load of potatoes Sack of potatoes on his shoulder He's walking down the road He's feeble and bent over Weak And all of a sudden the story goes That there was a prince In a carriage, beautiful carriage That came by The prince stopped and he said Sir, I see you've got a heavy load He said, would you like me to give you a ride He said, kind sir, that would be so nice That old man with the help of the prince Stepped up into the carriage They begin to be on their way but the old man kept that sack right there on his shoulder And the prince said sir Wouldn't you like to lay your load down Wouldn't you like to Wouldn't you like to put your load down in the carriage And the old man said You know what it's asking enough For you to have to carry me But I don't want you to have to carry my potatoes as well Now wait a minute church He was already carrying the potatoes And it would have been a whole lot better If he had just set that sack down Now you say why are you telling that How many times do we do this right here? How many times do we carry problems around and mistakes around and, and issues around? And the Lord says, you know what, Christian? If you just lay that down, I can carry it. Well, oh, Lord, I appreciate everything you're doing, but I can't ask you to carry this. And God says, I'm well able. I'm well able. My hand is not shortened and it cannot save. My strength is not, is not poverty in poverty today. I'm well able. How many know that God is not in heaven taking tranquilizers and trying to figure out what we're gonna do about Syria, what we're gonna do about North Korea? Brother, there is a God and God's in control. And here's what I'm saying You know what many of you all to do today You ought to say God I've carried this burden long enough And it's kept me down And it's distracted me And today I'm putting the burden on the altar I'm leaving it there And thank God he'll pick it up Oh yes Yes sir Anxiety Anxiety can become a distraction But then Jesus says something else Not only, not only anxiety but Number two Jesus says Abundance Abundance Now look back at Luke chapter 8 verse number 14 And that which fell among thorns are they which when they heard go forth And are choked with cares and riches First Timothy six eight. Listen to what the Lord said Having food and raiment let us be there with content But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and in many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Listen to what Jesus Christ himself said in uh, uh, Mark chapter 10 verse number 25. Jesus said, "It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God." Didn't say it's impossible. It just said it's hard It's difficult Difficult for a rich man to be saved Now uh, you say preacher uh, Boy you're right Preach it preacher preach it Money's evil It's not what the Bible says The Bible doesn't say money is evil Money can accomplish a lot of great things For the cause of Christ The Bible says the love The love of money Is the root of all evil When you begin to covet after that money and you got to have more and you got to have more and you got to have more. I got to have a little bit more. You already got a lot but you got to have a little bit more and you got to have a little bit more and you got to have a little bit more and God said that's when money and abundance becomes a distraction. Now this isn't very popular but I didn't come here today to run a popularity contest. The conversation went something like this. Pastor I've got an amazing opportunity. Preacher, I'm going to make more money than I've ever made in my life. Wow, that's exciting. Man, they were telling me all about this. And, and uh, I mean, preacher, this is going to be amazing. I mean, I'm going to make, I'm gonna make a, a, a lot of money. And, and they were. They told me how much. And it was going to be a lot. But it seems like there's always that one hitch in the get along. Here was a family that was doing great, faithful to church, teaching Sunday school class, running a bus route, I mean active in the church, preaching and, and just really serving Jesus and, and then just a, just a stellar family in the church. Preacher, we're going to make a ton of money. The only thing, here it comes. The only thing is it's going to pull me out of church every other week. I won't be able to be there every other week. I won't be able to be at church at all. By the way, I don't have to tell you how that went, do I? They got the job and they started making an abundance of money but you know what, now that family's blue uh, every which way but loose and uh, husband and wife are no longer together and I'm t- I'm telling you, I could tell you some some, some issues in that family that would make you cry and sob uh, and weep your, your eyes out. Man, oh man, this is all I'm saying. It ain't worth it. It ain't yeah. worth it. Hey, you can have your money. You can have your cash. Just give me Jesus. You go ahead and have your fancy job, fancy, fancy job, and and you go ahead and drive. Nothing wrong with driving nice cars. I'm not preaching against that. I'm just saying, brother, if, if it's a nice car or Jesus, give me Jesus. If it's a nice house or Jesus, give me Jesus. If it's a big bank account or Jesus, give me Jesus this morning. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'm telling you, brother, he is what it's all about this morning. Jesus Christ, abundance. Abundance. By the way, I'm pretty convinced that most of us could simplify if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. And we could probably downsize. It wouldn't hurt us to quit trying to keep up with the Joneses and the Wilsons and, the, and everybody else that lives across from us or behind us or beside us. And we got to have just the same kind of car they've got and the same kind of house they've got. And uh, by, the Bible says, with food and with food arraignment, man, be content. Thank God God's been good to us. Amen. Amen. You take that however you want it. But I believe I'm 100% in the will of God right now. And I believe I'm telling you exactly what Jesus told me to tell you this morning. Abundance can serve as a distraction. Anxiety can serve as a distraction. How about this? Attractions can serve as a distraction. Look back at Luke 8 again. Verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard... Go forth and are choked With cares Anxiety and riches Abundance And then the Bible says and Pleasures Pleasures of this life And bring no fruit to perfection Pleasures Fun Travel Hebrews 11 25 the Bible says there's pleasure In sin For a season My wife and I were Having this conversation the other day in the car We were just reminiscing Just reminiscing And I said honey I I said I remember a story Years ago when I was growing up in our church In our home church I was just a young man I said we had a family that was coming to our church Faithfully And then all of a sudden That family began to become involved in racing And little by little you know what They would miss a Sunday because they were racing Then they'd miss another Sunday because they were racing, well, then they missed another two Sundays because they were racing, and before you know it, you know what—that family was completely out of church altogether. You say, "Big deal, pretty big." Husband and wife didn't stay together; split up. I'm t- I am telling you brother family blew all to pieces kids, Some of the kids lost their lives I mean brother I'm talking about a sad sad situation Now I don't know if I'm connecting this morning or not But this is all I'm saying church We cannot allow distractions to take us away From the perfect will of God We cannot do it Now man what a passage We notice here that Jesus Christ teaches this truth And this is what I wrote down in my outline And shows the absolute maximum example Of what he just teaches Would you look down at Luke chapter 8 And verse number 19 So Jesus says don't be distracted Now look at Luke chapter 8 verse 19 Then came to him His mother And his brethren His brothers and could not come at him for the press. In other words, there were so many people around Jesus. He was ministering. And there were so many people around him, they couldn't get to him. And verse 20. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. Look at verse 21, church. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. And I want to tell you what, you may not get that right now. But I hope you'll go home later and get this. Jesus says earlier in the chapter, don't allow distraction to get you out of the will of God. And then, guess what happens? Jesus' own family comes. And Jesus is involved in ministry. Man, he's he's helping people, healing people, saving people. He's casting out demons. And his own family comes. And and, and this is what Jesus is teaching. I'm not going to be distracted even by my own family there's some of you here this morning you know what now man let me tell you something I got the greatest family in the world and I love my family and they don't don't try to keep me from serving God they push me to serve God more but you're here this morning if you're here this morning and your family doesn't do that and they try to pull you away from the will of God this is what Jesus is saying don't allow anything don't allow anything to distract you away from Jesus seek ye First, the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be at. Lord, I believe this. I, I believe that if you'll put Jesus first, you'll have a good family. I believe if you'll, you'll put Jesus first, you'll have a good ministry. I believe if you put Jesus first, you'll have good finances. I believe if you put Jesus first, all these other things will take care of themselves. That's all I'm saying, church. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Every year, about 421,000 people Are injured in crashes that have involved a driver Who was distracted Every year in America Over 330,000 accidents Caused by texting While driving lead to severe injuries One out of every four car accidents In the United States Are caused by texting While driving the chances of a crash because of any reason is increased by 23 times when you're texting and driving. Well, aren't you glad you brought your kids to this service? That's right. Uh, every day, every day in America, 11 teenagers die because they were texting while driving. 18-year-old Aaron DeVoe from Haverville, Massachusetts was charged for a fatal car accident in which he was the culprit because of texting while driving. His sentence included two and one-half years in prison and a one-year suspended sentence. A teenager in Anchorage, Alaska, ran through a red light while texting and driving. This caused him to kill a 27-year-old woman and mother of two. He was indicted for the accident. While texting and driving The life of Ashley Zembrunnen Was altered in a split second She became partly paralyzed From an automobile accident While she was texting Her vehicle crossed over the highway Into approaching traffic Why are you telling all that preacher? Distraction Distraction That fast They were off the road in church, this is all I'm saying. If we're not careful that fast, we'll be off road spiritually. And we'll be out of the will of God. Don't allow distraction. It's been several, several, several years ago now. A jumbo jet crashed in the Florida Everglades. It's a freak accident. Every life was lost. Nobody survived. What had happened, this flight had left New York City and they were headed to Miami, Florida. And as they got close to Miami, they noticed that the little light bulb, there's a little light bulb that always begins to glow when the landing gear is locked into place. Well, the flight engineer said to the captain, the the light is not burning. And so the crew began to try to figure out if the landing gear had, had locked into place and uh, and during that time the flight engineer was trying his best to take that light bulb out and replace it But he could not, it was, he just he could not get that little light bulb out And so the captain got involved And they became consumed with trying to get this little light bulb out But they just couldn't get out What they didn't understand was the plane was losing altitude And the plane crashed in the swampy Everglades And every life on board was lost. (laughs) All because of a 75 cent light bulb. What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is they became distracted. And they weren't watching and paying attention to what was going on. Now if you're here this morning and you need Christ as your Savior, I implore you today, don't allow yourself to be distracted. He'll do his best. If you're here this morning and you don't know that you 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 know that, you know that, you know that you're saved, the devil will try to bring all kinds of things into your mind right now and into your life right now Amen. to try to keep you distracted. Don't allow the devil to distract you. If you're here this morning and and you need to get right with God today, don't allow yourself to be distracted. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life back to Christ, don't allow yourself to be distracted. You're here today, you need to forgive someone You've had awe in your heart against someone for a long, long time And you need to forgive them today Don't allow yourself to be distracted Distractions may seem like they're not a threat But on the contrary They'll come up with you And they'll choke the very life out of you this morning Would you bow your heads with me all over the house This morning, I want to ask a question or two. I wonder, I wonder how many are here today, just for a few moments. Nobody, nobody talking, nobody leaving, just for a few moments. I wonder how many are here today. And you'd say, Pastor Steve, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I'm born again. I know that I am. I know what I am, preacher. If you can honestly say that Would you just slip your hand up right now Say preacher I know I'm saved Praise the Lord That's wonderful You can lower your hands Now let me ask this second question I'm not asking it so I can embarrass you I'm not asking it so I can come back And try to drag you down an aisle I don't don't do that But I wonder how many Would be here today And you'd say preacher If I died right now I'm going to be honest I'm getting ready to be honest I'm not really sure that I would go to heaven. Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be in heaven. I'm just not sure about it. Preacher, would you remember me when you pray? Right now, you'd slip your hand up. Right now, would you slip your hand up? All right. God bless you. Thank you, lady. God bless you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your honesty. Man, oh I wish you had more folks like that. Is there another? I have saw at least two. Is there another? Right now, you'd slip your hand up and say, Preacher, would you just pray for me? Pastor, God bless you. God bless you. I now see your hand. Preacher, please don't misunderstand. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure about it. I, I, I want to be there, but I'm just not 100% sure. Is there there anybody else right now? You'd let me pray for you, sir. Is there anybody else right now, right now? I'm going to pray for these that have raised their hands, all right? So let me ask you this, with heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder how many are here this morning and say, Preacher, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but I'm really not. I'm really not in the will of God like I need to be. Preacher, would you pray with me about that? God knows what it's about right now you slip your hand up and say preacher you pray for me, you pray for me you pray for me, yep, 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 hands hands. on both sides, hands all over the house, yes thank you, thank you, God bless you thank you, thank you thank you for being sensitive to the Lord, I appreciate that, then church I tell you what let's do, man let's do business with the Lord today, the altar's already filled, I mean the altar's already filled, but you know what, others I think ought to come I feel pretty positive there's somebody in this altar that's praying for you right now. They're praying for you, that you'll make a decision for Christ. And so I'm going to ask you to come. In just a moment, we're going to stand. The time's not late. And I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask Brother Brandon if he'll just stay over here to the left, to preacher's left. And uh, Preacher Looney, you're already over there. If you'll just stay right here over here on Preacher's right. And if you raised your hand this morning and said, Pastor, if I died, I'm not really sure about heaven. Okay, I'm going to make my way to the main floor. I want you to come. And uh, we want to take the Bible and just show you how you can know. We're not going to make you give a speech. We're not going to make you do anything like that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We just want to take the Bible and show you how you can know Christ as Savior. Hey, listen. Listen to me, good friend. Don't you leave this place lost don't you leave not knowing. Don't you leave. So let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Heavenly Father, right now we're standing between the living and the dead. Lord, somebody's going to make a decision between heaven and hell today. Father, please help nobody to leave lost. Lord, for for the last two weeks at least, maybe more than that, we've had people come forward and receive Christ. God, I pray that you're working hearts now. Help folks to be tender. Help folks to to let go, let God have His way. Help us now, please, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Give them courage now, Lord. Please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed.